picture today. <laughs> I had my shoes full of snow. Um, we're going to talk this morning about uh, relationships again. Uh, we've talked about um, being single. We've talked about um, marriage. And we've talked about children. And so today we're going to talk about friendship and relationships and community. Um, the first thing that I, I want to mention is that right now in the, in the world that we're in, there is an epidemic that's going on. And, and I'm not talking about the, any viruses or anything like that. I'm talking about loneliness. That people, I have to take my glasses off here, that people are lonely. And it's increasing, it's increasing as we speak. They're becoming lonelier and lonelier. And it's crazy because anywhere right now, we, I could be texting somebody in China and having a great conversation across the world. We could have as many friends as, as we want to have on Facebook, followers on Instagram, friends on Snapchat. We can be in communication with, I can be talking to Kyle while texting three other people. But we're lonely. And the issue with it is that it's not, is that we're missing the vulnerability and we're missing connection and we're missing intimacy. Intimacy being face to face, communication with people. And you can't get that through likes on Facebook, on Instagram. You can't get it through texting. It's face-to-face, it's, -face, it's vulnerability, it's community, it's connection that we're craving. And God designed this. He designed relationship. You know, the first week when we talked about um, Adam being in the garden and God creating Adam and giving him purpose and giving him gifts and he had relationship with God. But then what did he say? It's not good that man's alone. This isn't good. He's not, and we say, oh, well, that was with a spouse. It was with relationship. He, he needs a relationship. He needs people around him. It's, it's just not good for man to be alone. That we need relationship with one another. Remembering that the whole thing started with community. Community comes from the Father. In the beginning, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit where community together created man in their image. They said, let us create man in our image. So community came from him. We see it all throughout the Bible. We see um, Moses, he was pastoring a large community of people, 2,000 people, I think. And he's pastoring them and he's trying to meet all their needs and he's trying to meet with all of them and talk with all of them. And one of the elders comes and says, this isn't going to work. This isn't working because you're going to get exhausted. But not only are you going to get exhausted, but the people aren't going to get their needs met because of the vulnerability and the intimacy that they need isn't going to happen. So what needs to happen is we need to have little communities together with leaders so that they, everyone's needs can get met. You have David and Jonathan in the Bible, same thing. They had connection, they had intimacy with each other. 
godly community. There's another guy in the Bible, I don't know if you've ever read about him, Jesus and the disciples, they had community with each other. Jesus goes about and he's like, I need some people, I need to get some people around me and we need to do life together. People close to, me, close to me, people that I, can, that I can teach, people that I can be around, people that, that, that I can have community with. Jesus had a large group, then he had a group of 12, and then he had an inner circle of three people. People that he could do life with. And a lot of times what we have is people who will say, well, I've, I've, got, I've got a close relationship with Jesus and, um, and the Father and the Son <laughs> and the Holy Spirit, and we're close to each other, and that's all that I need. I don't need anything else. But that's not true. That's isolation. And the enemy will always try to isolate you away from people. God designed you to be connected with other people. He designed community on purpose for your growth, for your development. Even people you don't like help you grow. But that's isolation. So we isolate ourselves and we stop the growth process in our life. The very thing that we need is to be around people, but then we isolate. But then here's the other thing, is a lot of times some of us will have friends, but we won't let anybody get close. We won't let anyone get intimate, get vulnerable with them. And you end up still lonely because you're not being real. You're still isolating yourself. Uh, Proverbs 18 says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. This is why some of us have addictions that ruin our lives or marriages that are falling apart or lives that are falling apart. We have nobody that, that is watching over us, nobody that can speak into our lives, nobody that can watch our... our um, what do you call it? Our, our habits or our, or our circles that we go through just before we begin to trip up again. People that are close enough to watch to be like, hey, you're not doing okay, I can tell, that will speak into our lives. God designed this for people to speak into our lives, to have people that are close enough, friendships that are close enough, but godly friendships. I'm not saying you can't have friends with people who aren't Christian. I'm saying that your close ones, your inner circle ones, godly community. God designed godly community. Through godly community, you need someone who's going to speak the word to you, not just stand with you in your mess, not just come meet you in your mess, but pull you out of your mess. A lot of times we have, people will come and join us in our mess, but they won't help us get out. Godly community will speak the word of God to you. Godly community will pray you out of it. Godly community will get in your face and tell you your junk. 
Thank you. Mm, this is good. If your community around you is just those who stand with you in your mess and don't help you get out, that community could be delaying your purpose. You want to be around people who have this, not just people who have the same interests as you, but people that are pointing you towards Jesus. People that know your destructive cycles and can point it out and get after you. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. You see that? That, that in your relationships, in your friendships, you're wanting those that can pull you up, lift you up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one, who is alone? Two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. In your community, you want somebody that's got your back. That's watching your back. That's watching your blind spots, your weak spots. Not just ones who will get into mess with you, but ones who are watching you, watching your back, watching. You're getting close to, you're getting close to that place again where, where you, you stumble every time. This person you're hanging around is not good for you. That guy is not the one. That girl, mm-mm. People that have your back. Understanding that in relationships, that in weakness, that I understand that the reason I need godly community around me, the reason that I need godly friendships is because I have weaknesses. I always will. And understanding that God brings people into my life who have strengths where I have weaknesses. And I have strengths where they have weaknesses. Your success is linked to your godly community. God designed your pur purpose to be reached within godly relationships. He designed communities so that you would grow. It was God's intentional plan for the health and the growth of his people. I love this. Jesus needed community, so what's your excuse? Jesus needed community. That's what he did. As soon as he started his ministry, I need my community. I need my people around me. We need people. We need community. Not Instagram groups. People that we do life with. People that I can be vulnerable with. And not just your pastor. Friendships. Where I can be real with people. And some of you are like, well, people have hurt me. I know, people have hurt me too. I know. But you pick yourself back up and understand that this is what God designed. And you know what? Your godly community, they might hurt you too. 
Okay. So some of us are in relationships with people that are not pointing us to Christ. Dangerous, dangerous. Done this more than I've done it. Learned, did it again. Learned, did it again. Don't be Megan. <laughs> Don't be a Megan. <laughs> Learn from the message. <laughs> Don't follow in my footsteps. <laughs> I've done this, I've done this, where I've put myself in relationships where they were not godly relationships. I promise you, not one time did I prevail. <laughs> Every time it took me down the wrong place. Now again, again, listen, I'm talking about people that I'm vulnerable and intimate and close with. Speaking into my life, I'm speaking into theirs. Do I have friendship with people that, that aren't, yeah, Christians, and yes, of course, of course I do. Of course, I, I, and I, I speak into their lives, and, and you know what, They're, I'm a godly example, all those things. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the ones that I let be my closest people, my ride or die. You know what a ride or die is? Ride or dies? No? <laughs> Me neither, just kidding. <laughs> Your ride or die is the ones that are with you all the way. I mean, they are in it with you. The, the closest people. Okay, so in Proverbs 12, 26, it says, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous people, they choose their friends carefully, recognizing that who I put in my inner circle is either going to lead me towards my purpose or it's going to lead me astray. Let me remind you of a quick story before we go on. Ecclesia, or not Ecclesiastes, 2 Samuel 13. It happened afterwards that Absalom, the son of David, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, her half-brother, the son of David, was in love with her. Gross. Amnon was so frustrated because of his half-sister Tamar that he made himself sick, for she was a virgin. This story does not get better, but... <laughs> and Amnon thought it was impossible for him to do anything to her. So he's in love with his sister. Are you following? He wants to sleep with her. Okay. Let's go to verse 3. But Amnon had a friend. He had a friend whose name was John da 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 blah, 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 blah. Point is, he had a friend. And he goes to his friend, and his friends, or his friend says to him, what's the matter? And he's like, oh, this is Megan's version, but it's pretty much the same. Oh, I just want to sleep with my sister. But I can't. Oh, well, I've got a plan. How about you have your sister come to your room, and you pretend like you're sick and all that. And then what this story ends up in is he rapes his sister and then he ends up dead. Amnon had a friend. You, you see what I'm saying? Be careful who your friends are. Who's speaking into your life? All right, I'm going to talk about what the Bible says about friends that we need to stay away from and friends that we should not be. So the first one is the gossip. Proverbs 20:19. He who goes about as a gossip reveals secrets. Therefore do not associate with a gossip who talks freely or flatters. One way to identify a gossip 
is to listen to what they talk about. Gossips can't help themselves. They like to talk about people. I've been this person. I've been this person. You, you in, the, in the beauty industry, it's a thing. Gossip is a thing. And I remember I was, um, I was doing nails and um, man, just people tell you stuff, right? So like you've got all this information and um, I, I was working up at a different salon before. <laughs> this was a long time ago, okay? I've changed. Everyone's like, oh my God, that's our pastor. Uh-oh. <laughs> I've told her stuff. Um, <laughs> like I've changed, okay. But I learned because I, I'm doing nails. I remember this, that I'm doing nails and I have this friend. She's been a good friend for years and I'm, and I'm telling her like, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. And then I, I, rec I remember like this moment of this look on her face of like, maybe this is a little disturbing, you know? But I never thought anything of it till I realized she wouldn't tell me anything anymore. because I couldn't be trusted. So you don't wanna be the gossip, but you'd wanna watch out for gossips as well. And, and also gossips, if you're hanging out with gossips for a long time, you become a gossip too. Proverbs 11 verse 13 says, he who goes about as a gossip, did I read that already? Sorry. No, I didn't. He who goes about as a gossip reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy and faithful keeps a matter hidden. Your inner circle, your, your close friends, you want ones that will, will, will keep what's private when you're being vulnerable and intimate with them, they keep it to themselves. Now, I'm not talking about ones that will help you conceal murder, okay? Not, not those, or, or you know what, not ones that you know, you're deciding that you're going to sleep around with somebody, you're gonna cheat on your spouse. Not those friends. You, you, don't, you want friends that will get in your face and say, I am going to out you if you do that. It is not okay, you are not going to cheat on your spouse. But ones that will keep the matters of your heart quiet. I have this written here. If you love to talk about other people, you are a gossip. Moving on. The next one is the fool. You don't wanna have a close friend that is a fool, nor do you want to be the fool. Proverbs 13, 20 says, if you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked and you'll eventually become just like them. Another version says it like this, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You become like who you hang out with. It's inevitable. So think about that. Think about who is it that I'm, that I'm spending a lot of my time with? Do I want to be like that? Because you will. And it doesn't matter what age, zero to 95 years old, you become like who you talk like them, you, you act like them. So the character of their life, do you want that to be yours? Our 
Are they encouraging godly character in your life? The next one is the flatterer. Proverbs 27, six says, you can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty, but your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insincerity. So he's saying it's better to be hurt by a friend who gives honest counsel and who tells you the truth. If you are always flattering someone in a friendship and you aren't giving truthful answers, they can't trust you. You can't be trusted. It goes on to say in Proverbs, yeah, Proverbs 27, verse 9, it says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. So it's, so you're being truthful with your friends. You, you want to be truthful. You won't want to just be flattering them. You want to say, yeah, you know what? You do do this. This isn't good. This whatever, you know. But you're not being rude about it. You're not being hateful about it. You're being nice about it. It's, it's gentle counsel. And did you know that God, our Father, He's honest with us, but He's also gentle. It's the nature of God to be honest and to be gentle. Godly relationships will speak to who you will be, not to who you are right now. Like, oh, you are called for big things. You speak to the, the, the what God, the, you speak to the purpose and the plan of God on their life. Call them higher. The next one is the ditcher. This is the one that is not faithful in the midst of adversary or hard times. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a true friend loves regardless of the situation and a real brother exists to share the tough times. Proverbs 25, 19 says, like a tooth that is rotten or a foot that is unsteady, so is relying on a person who can't be trusted in times of trouble. The character of a good friend is a good friend is there in hard times, in good times, in bad times, they're there. The verse is saying it's like someone who, it's like having to rely on somebody who has, you know, when you have a sore foot, and it's fine, it's kind of sore, but when you go to lean on it, it gives way. Or a rotten tooth, when you bite on it, it brings you to your knees. Anyone had a sore tooth before? He says, you don't, you don't want to be around. You want somebody that will show up in hard times. That's going to show up. We want to be those friends, the ones that show up. They're going through a hard time, going to be there. Bad time, got to be there. Good time, going to celebrate. Relationships will not always go smoothly. When disappointments happen, you don't abort. You get honest with each other. You address the disappointment, but you don't abort. You don't. Offense will come. 
There will be times where you will have in godly relationships, you are going to have to have hard conversations. But you don't shut your heart. And that's what we do sometimes. Well, they made me mad, boom, out. No, this is what strengthens relationships, is that you had a hard thing that you had to walk through, disappointments, offenses, whatever, you had to walk through it, you got through it, now you're stronger because of it. But you don't end the relationship. Godly relationships commit to the ride so that when offenses come, you don't jump ship, you just deal. You commit to it. The next one is, you don't want to be the habit. You can't just stay in a relationship because of time served. In other words, because you've known that person your whole life, but they're dragging you down, but I've known them my whole life. I'm not saying you excommunicate yourself from them, like we no longer can talk. I'm saying, I can't have you speaking into my life just because I've known you since I was two. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, But don't be so naive. There's another saying you know well, bad company corrupts good habits. You want someone who will lift you up, who will walk you out of whatever they lifted you up from, they will walk you in the journey. You're struggling. Let me walk you through it. You want someone who will uh, let you into their lives? Someone that will talk straight to you, tell you like it is? And someone who will look you up if you go running? <laughs> who will go find you if you go running? Godly relationships require commitment. They require risk and sacrifice. It, it will require risk. Why will it require risk? Because you're going to have to open your life up to them and possibly get hurt. It will require sacrifice. He who wants a friend must show himself friendly. You're going to have to give something. It's gonna to have to include God for it to be a godly relationship. <laughs> and it will have to reflect great love. And the last one I have is the stingy. Like I said, godly relationships take sacrifice and they take time. And most people don't want to commit because they're not willing to give anything up. Our people are stingy with their time. John 15 says, for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. I said, well, that's Jesus. He sacrificed his life. That's, we'll leave that with Jesus. We're supposed to be followers of Jesus. And a lot of times we don't want to give up of our time. I'm busy. I got stuff going on. And then you don't have relationships in your life. And then we're back to the beginning. You're isolating yourself. You're being isolated. He designed relationships for us. Peter gave up something to follow Jesus. Jesus said, follow me. He's like, okay. 
and he sacrificed what he knew to follow Jesus. He's like, but that's Jesus. But he didn't know it was. <laughs> that, that we will sacrifice something for relationships. It's going to happen. And if God called us to godly community to be close with somebody, then we're going to have to give up something. It's going to take time. If God wanted your purpose to be fulfilled within godly community and through godly relationship, are you busy with things that aren't pushing you towards your purpose? So if God called your purpose to be fulfilled within godly community, but you're not making time for godly community, then are you filling your time with things that won't fulfill the purpose of God in your life? Did that make sense? Did you get that? Are you distracted with things that actually aren't fruitful, which actually won't get you towards your purpose? Okay. I think everyone knows how much I love T.D. Jakes, and this is from T.D. Jakes, what I'm about to read right now. He lists three different kinds of people. And the one, the first one being the confidants. And he says, these are the people that you want in your life, and these are the people that will get you to your purpose. Your confidants are the ones that are for you. They are there for you. These are the people that will feed you. They're there for you. They will confront you. They will be with you. They will get in your face. They are, they are your confidants. These are the people that are for you. You want these people in your life. The next one is your constituents. These people are not there for you but they are there for what you are, they are for what you are for. So in other words, you all like golfing. They're there for, the, the, we're, we're all in this together. We all like golfing. Or maybe you're, you like, I don't know, drinking. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever it is that you are, whatever it is that you're, that you're for, they're for. But they're not there for you, they're there for what you're there for. And then the next one is your comrades. They're not for you either. These are, neither of these are bad, none of these are bad people. The comrades are not for you, but they are against what you are against. They will come into your life for a certain time to fight against something with you. Or maybe you're offended. They'll come in and be offended at the same thing with you. You'll, you'll build relationship that way, but they're not there for you. They're just there for a season to be against what you're against. So the ones that you're looking for are the ones that are there for you. They're going to show up. They're going to speak into your life. They're going to get you out of the mess. 
They're gonna speak the Word of God to you. They're gonna pray with you. Do you this is, listen, let's build a scenario here. You have a spouse and your spouse is in the hospital and he's believing God for a healing. You want the people, you wanna have a godly community, a godly relationship, friends that are close, that believe the same as you. Because who you want to show up in that hospital room with you and grab your hand and, and contend in, in faith for the healing of your spouse, that's who you want in your inner circle. Not just ones that'll show up and say, I'm so sorry, this sucks. Again, those, aren't, those ones aren't bad. Those are great people too. I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying the ones that, that are gonna be in the mud with you and they're gonna walk it through. And God designed these things. Godly community are the people you are vulnerable with, people you can be yourself around, people you aren't lying to. People who together with you were following Jesus, together. Community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Godly community is exactly the same, except the attitudes that are shared are Christ-like, the interests that are shared are kingdom interests, and the goals shared are abundant and eternal life. I'm gonna end by this, Acts uh, 2, verse 42, going to verse 47. They were continually and faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles and to fellowship, to eating meals together, and to prayers. They were spending time together. A sense of awe was felt by everyone, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed in Jesus as a savior were together and had all things in common, considering their possessions to belong to the group as a whole. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing the proceeds with all of the other believers and anyone as anyone had need. Day after day, they met in the temple area, continuing with one mind, breaking bread in various private homes. They were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts, praising God continually and having favor with all people. And the Lord kept adding to their numbers daily those who were being saved. I heard it said like this, uh, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have to do much evangelizing if we knew how to do community. as they were doing community and God started adding to them. But you see, the enemy's goal is to isolate, right? It is to keep, is to keep it so that we don't have to be vulnerable with one another. But when he called us together, he called us to, to community. He called us to vulnerability. He called us to intimacy with one another. So they were all coming to church together, but then privately they were getting together and breaking bread in each other's homes. 
spending time with other believers. So it says they worshiped together, they hung out together, they prayed together, they started changing together, and then they started multiplying together. This is godly community. This is what godly community looks like. Worshiping together, praying together, spending time together. And this is what God breathes on. Because it's about strengthening one another. He put people around us to strengthen us, to build us up, to call us on our stuff, because we all got it. No? Everyone's so serious. I do not have stuff. Nope, just you. Just you and your gossiping self has stuff. <laughs> so again, what I'm saying when I, you can come at him, but when, I, when I'm talking about those friends that you don't want, I'm not saying that those are bad people. I'm saying don't be that person. Don't be that friend. Watch yourself. If, if you're being that person, am I gossiping all the time? Am I acting like a fool? Is my character... Actually, I'd say, am I watching over my character? Am I isolating myself that I don't have people around me that can speak into my life? Am I terrified of being hurt? Am I not making time for people? when God called me to people. Thoughts to think about. They worshiped together, they hung out together, they prayed together, they were changing together, not changing clothes together, okay? Sometimes you have to be specific, huh? Their hearts and lives were changing together, and they were multiplying together. <laughs> Adam. That was a good word, Megan. Uh, it definitely causes you to think.